Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Emma. In a recent episode, we briefly talked about the term brain drain and ended up kind of having a little tangent because it's such an interesting phrase. Um, But because this is such a fascinating topic and something that's so relevant to all the ideas that we like to talk about on this podcast, I thought it could be fun to do a whole episode on what brain drain actually means. So this phrase is actually a nickname given to an economic sort of sociological term called human capital flight. And human capital flight is defined as the immigration of individuals who have received training at home to other countries. And that's kind of like a weird, you know, jargony way of describing it. But basically what this means is it's people who were educated or trained or grew up in a certain area who take their talents to another country permanently and move. And this is something that there are so, so many examples of. When I was researching for this episode, there were too many for us to talk about. Um, And a lot of them were very significant. And some are from religious persecution. Some are from, you know, ideological differences. But it's something that happens a lot in history. And that that that's even happening today when you look at different countries and how they treat freedom and opportunity. Um, But I wanted to go into just a few examples here and kind of talk through what this looks like in a few different ways. So, Brittany, do you want to um, start with start with an example? Yeah. So pre-World War II comes to mind with, you know, anti-Semitism being a huge problem in Europe and anti-Semitism. Connor and I just did, you know, a bunch of World War II episodes. So World War uh, anti-Semitism is people who just don't like Jewish people. They think they're they're subhuman, just a terrible mm-hmm. thought. It's it's a form of racism, but specifically against Jewish people. So, uh, so pro- here, you know, lead up to World War II, as Connor and I talked about, a lot of people were unfairly blaming, you know, the Jews for all sorts of problems, mm-hmm. anything economic. You know, even though we had talked about Weimar Republic and and why Germany was struggling or Europe in general was struggling, people just wanted to blame somebody, you know, one one group for all their problems to make it easier. So. Throughout Europe, laws unfairly targeting and excluding Jews from everyday life and activities were becoming, you know, a huge problem. And because of this, many, you know, prominent scientists and thinkers fled to other countries where they would be treated fairly. We have, oh, goodness, you're going to have to list some. So Albert Einstein, Sigmund Freud. Who else, Emma? Um, his name's Enrico Fermi is the guy's name, but he invented the first nuclear reactor. Hugely oh. important, hugely important invention there that had a lot of impact throughout the world. And yeah, like you said, these were people who were fleeing religious persecution. Um, A similar example is Iran in the 70s. So up until there was this, and I'm not going to go into all of it because it's a super complicated conflict and the United States was involved and it was this big crazy thing. But just bullet points here. um, Iran was actually a fairly liberal place, at least for the Middle East. It was it was actually a pretty healthy democracy. And when I say liberal, just to be clear, I don't mean like left wing. I mean, actually embracing freedoms, kind of this idea of classically liberal that we talk about on this show sometimes. Um, So they were a country that respected voting rights, that respected, you know, they allowed women to go to university. Women did not have to wear the hijab, which is- They wore skirts. They were wearing shorter skirts. They wore mini skirts, which was like, that was even kind of controversial in America. Yeah, they were wearing like the go-go boots and all that. Yeah, yeah. It It was a totally different country than a lot of the Middle East at the time because they had embraced- 
Um, they had embraced people's individual rights, essentially. And it wasn't necessarily perfect, but it was doing much, much better than most of the surrounding countries in the surrounding area. So there was this crazy, violent revolution. Uh, the Ayatollah Khomeini is is the name of this like regime that came in and shook a bunch of stuff up. And essentially what happened was a bunch of really extreme religious uh, sort of fanatics came in and basically took over the government. And there were all these crazy protests and it was this very complicated thing. And they came in and and they kind of set up their own rules and, and their own way of doing things. And all of those amazing things, that thriving democracy, it went away and it, it completely changed the country. So there were a lot of prominent, you know, philosophers and scientists and business people and thinkers who who were in Iran who were from there and trained there, went to universities because there were all these colleges and they ended up actually leaving and fleeing and a lot of them came to the United States but they sort of scattered and went to um, all around the world, all different countries and that's that's another really good example of brain drain is if if a country embraces authoritarianism and takes away people's rights and, you know, forces women to wear these these head coverings, even if it, even if they don't want to or if they don't follow that religion, um, you're going to force out people who see the world in a different way. And that's a huge thing that happened. And I think it probably had a lot of an impact on their economy and on their ability to, you know, innovate and have these these awesome scientific advancements that they were that they were working on. So very unfortunate what happened there and it's not surprising to hear that people ended up ended up fleeing because they wanted their freedom back absolutely and you know another example of, of brain drain comes from soviet union so yeah. so many scientists philosophers and thinkers they left because they didn't want their speech and their talents to be controlled by a marxist government or their mm-hmm. economy you know people who were not in the the you know 1% even though marxism claims to not be classist they were not living in good conditions. So Mm-mm. a lot of these people came to the United States, including Ayn Rand, who, you know, her her family was very anti what was going on there. And I yeah. believe they had, they used to be fairly well off. And so they saw a lot yeah. of this. They were targeted. Yeah. There's a great book for older kids, actually, maybe not, called Goddess of the Market. Let's wait till you're an adult to read that. <laughs> but it's all about her upbringing and, and her leaving. But, um, you know, and again, we have, uh, she wrote Atlas Shrugged for a reason. It, it, this whole idea is actually very Atlas Shruggy, if you oh, think yeah. about it, because it's somebody saying, you're not appreciating how I am innovating. Now I am bringing value into this world. You're trying to suppress that in one way or another. So I am going to shrug it. I'm going to drop the, the world, drop the globe, and I'm going to go somewhere where, where I'm appreciated. So yeah. again, remember to read the Title Twins book because we have our own our own version of that. Um, but so that's always a good reminder. But that's what I think of. And it's actually very market oriented, I think, when you they talk about voting with your feet or the yeah. way the country was set up originally was if you don't like the rules of one state or maybe the tax rate of one state yeah. you move to another that you know with fed with a uh, government federal government getting a lot you know more powerful than they need right. to be sometimes that isn't as as it should be but still people have the right the freedom of movement at least for now to say i don't like what's going on in my country and i have these really good useful talents and skills so yeah. i am going to take my skills to another country where i can make more money or where they're appreciated so I think that's that's really cool, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not cool yeah. for the countries they leave, but it's basically – it's the best form of protest. It's saying, I'm not being appreciated, so I'm going to go be appreciated elsewhere. 
It really is. And it's it's super, you're right. This is a total Atlas Shrugged idea. I hadn't even thought of that, but I bet that that's a huge inspiration behind the book was probably what Ayn Rand saw in Russia. I know her family, you, you mentioned they were well off. They were pharmacists. They owned a pharmacy. So they were not like crazy, crazy rich, way up on the upper crust of society, but they did have money. They owned property and they were what, what would be considered in Marxism as the bourgeoisie, right? They're these these owners and these people that are the enemy to the workers. So they got basically thrown out slash pushed out when when all this crazy stuff started happening with with Russia's, you know, Marxist revolutions and stuff. So I bet that that really impacted how she viewed people taking their talents elsewhere. And an interesting theme in Atlas Shrugged that I really love and that I think totally plays into this is when they're in Galt's Gulch, it's all the producers have basically fled, not to ruin the book, but they've all fled to this little society that they have in the mountains. And it's interesting because one of the one of the people in the book, Dagny, is that how you say her name? Is it Dagny? Dagny? Yep. Yeah. She she left and she was really sad about leaving her business behind. And then um, John Galt, who is another main character, says, well, if you knew how to build this business from from the ground up or if you're a producer, if you're someone who's creative and talented and you have a business sense, you can take everything away and you'll still be able to build something amazing back up again. And that's what I think is so cool is that people who have these talents, they have these skills and they care about entrepreneurship and they're creative they will be able to create these things in in anywhere that embraces freedom. So I think that's why you see so many people come to the United States to pursue opportunities because they know I may be leaving behind my country, even my family, even a business, but I can go to the United States because there's opportunity there and I can create something because I have you know, the intellect that's needed to do that. And that's something that we see with Elon Musk. He grew up in South Africa and he came to America to pursue opportunity. And he's talked about how how important American freedom has been for him to be able to invent his products and, and raise money and make all these awesome things. And now there's Teslas all over the road. Yes. So it's it's pretty inspiring. And while it is unfortunate that people have to do something as dramatic as leaving their home country to go somewhere else for opportunity, I mean, I can't imagine how hard that must be of a decision to make. I think it's really awesome that we have that type of freedom. And it, I, I hope that, you know, the, the leaders of America now and in the future can see how important that is and how big of a deal that is to our country and how many amazing things that's brought to us. People coming here and bringing their talents and skills and their, you know, their ability to produce great things. Yes. I hope that we keep that in mind as we make policies because, um, if we if we stop people's ability to come here and produce and bring their talents and skills, then you know there's a chance that we'll see less of that here. So that's uh, that's kind of my last thought, Brittany. Anything you want to throw in here before we wrap it up? Nope, I think that's perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys all again soon. Reminder: if you're interested in Atlas Shrugged, I would definitely say that's more of an adult book. We have a kid version of it, a Tuttle Twins version, on our website. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes. Awesome story, awesome way to get the ideas, but not have to read it like a thousand pages. So we'll it's wrap it up there. It's worse than that. It's, it's it, terribly boring, <laughs> but it's a it, good book. Good book. It's <laughs> dense. Very, very dense. But thanks for listening, guys, and we will talk to you all again later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.